for the song. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel, little book in the Old Testament. Daniel, <clears throat> Daniel chapter number six this morning. And if you're able to, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. Got to get a drink of water this morning. When I was a kid and I was at church, there was water by the doors and they called it holy water. All water is holy water because it comes from the Lord. You know, man's try to manufacture. This just comes from someplace that God allowed it to be. They just put it in a bottle and charge us for it, right? <laughs> Stuff ought to be free, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm glad to have some water this morning and you pray for me, a lot of things going around. I love you, but I love you from a distance, all right? <laughs> and so Daniel chapter number six this morning, we're uh, continuing with our, our theme this year on choose. T today I've entitled <clears throat> the outline, Choose to Have a Godly Testimony. And I, I pray that this would be something that would encourage all of us today, every day of our lives, to have a godly testimony. And so this morning we'll read from verse number 1 down to verse number 15, and then we'll get into our message. The Bible says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three, now you have to understand here, says that the, it's the whole kingdom, 120 princes, but over those 123 princes, or 120 princes, and over the whole kingdom were three presidents. And the Bible says in verse 2, of whom Daniel, notice the word, was first. The Bible says that the princes might give accounts unto them, the, the presidents, these three presidents, and the king should have no damage. That's a smart king setting people over the kingdom so that they would take care of the matter so he wouldn't have to concern himself with all those things. <clears throat> and Daniel was first, verse 3. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, listen, isn't that an awesome, awesome testimony of Daniel? You know, these teenagers go to school and they're around ungodly kids. But listen, can I tell you, there is nothing that is an excuse to act like everybody else. If Daniel could live head and shoulders above everyone else in the kingdom to where an unsaved king would say, this Daniel, there's something about this kid. I'm going to tell you, every one of us have the same God Daniel has. Look at verse 4. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel. By the way, look here. If, if you live for God, that's what's going to happen. There's going to be jealousy. People are going to say, you know what? I don't like the fact that he's getting the attention. I don't like... But 
we all know that when it comes to God's children, God's the one that sets people up and God's the one that removes them. But there was jealousy against Daniel. And the Bible says that they sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. I love this. But they could find none occasion nor fault. The Bible says, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, and by the way, the devil never stops. Look at what verse 5 says. Because they couldn't find fault in him. They said that we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Paraphrase. We know he's a Christian. We know he loves God. And so there's got to be something. There's got to be a wrinkle. There's got to be some kind of little flaw. And that's where we're going to turn our attention to. And can I tell you, that's what the world is doing today, is it's watching you. Because if you have told your neighbor, and you have told your coworker and told your boss, and told your family that you're a Christian, they're watching every last thing you say and you do. Look at verse 6. Then these presidents and princes assembled themselves together to the king and said thus unto him, unto him, King Darius, live forever. Look at verse 7. What's the first word? Now watch the verse. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, the counselors, the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God, notice it's a capital G, is it not in your Bible? Yeah, it's not a little letter G. It's not one of the gods of the day. It's not one of the gods of the land. It's the God. They knew, look, can I tell you, they knew that Daniel was a Christian. And the Bible says that they asked this petition that if any one were to ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now go back. What's the first word in that verse? Oh, but listen, wasn't Daniel the president? It wasn't all, was it? They didn't come ask Daniel. They didn't include Daniel because they knew what Daniel would say. Next verse, verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it might not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius, sign the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel, what's that next word? When he knew that the writing was signed, he went and hid. He went and said, you know what, this Christian life is not what it's meant to be. I, I, I can't handle the pressure. I, I don't know what to do. I'm going to give in. Uh, I, it's just not what it's cut out to be. No, the Bible says when he knew the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being what? Open. In his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did what? Look here, can I just say it this way? It was business as usual. Who cares if the king signed it? Who cares if everyone else is against me? 
my God is for me. Think I'll just continue being a Christian. Think I'll just, look, I'm not going to close the windows. I'm not going to be a secret Christian. I'm just going to do what I've always done. Daniel didn't grab some horn and start shouting out the window. No, he just prayed to his God, thanked his God, just like he'd always done. The world's going to change. The world's going to hate you, but it hated him long before it hated you. I haven't even got to the message yet, folks. Still reading the Bible, all right? Verse number 11. Then these men assembled. Listen, they, they, they knew Daniel was going to pray, and guess what he did? He prayed. And the Bible says they knew what he was going to do, and so they assembled and found Daniel. Look what he was doing, praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? By the way, they didn't care about that decree. The only thing they wanted was Daniel gone. That's what they wanted. And the Bible says the king answered and said, The thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not, then answered they and said before the king, look at these two words, that Daniel. Hey, king, you know that one that you think so much about? The one that you want to put over everything in this entire kingdom? Yeah, that one. That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity? He's not even one of us, king. And the Bible says, King, you regardeth him. He says, regardeth he not. He, he's, he don't care about you because he went on to pray. And the Bible says, uh, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with the presidents and the princes and the counselors. Is that what your Bible says? He was displeased with who? himself. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored. Look at these words. He labored till the going down of the sun. He's trying to figure out how can I change this law that's against Daniel that I love and I care so much about. The Bible says, and these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, No, O king that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statue which the king established may be changed. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you'd help us to dare to be a Daniel. This world needs some Daniels, or if I can say it this way, some Daniels. Some men and some women of God that no matter what everyone else does, and no matter what they have against us, that it would not cause us to change who we are because of who you are. Lord, help us, as Daniel did, help us to choose to have a godly testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for sermon number one, all right? Daniel chose to obey God. There are very few people in the Bible, in all of Bible history, that have the testimony of Daniel. 
Daniel was a man who refused to let anything deter him from living the life that he lived for the Lord. His surroundings could not change him. The law could not change him. Peer pressure could not change him. Even the conspiracies of his enemies could not change him. Now, can I remind you, God must be calling. Somebody answer that. (laughs) Can I remind you that as we study this book of the Bible, that Daniel was a captive in this land. He was taken from his home. He was in a foreign land. He was told what to do, when to do it, what to wear, what he was supposed to eat. Daniel was a captive in a foreign land, the land of Babylon. And while he was captive, you study the history, Daniel served under three different kings in the course of about a 50-year time span. By the time we come to chapter 6, Daniel is serving, listen now, many of you work for unsaved employers. Daniel was serving under Darius, an unsaved man. And you think about how Daniel was, but the Bible records that Daniel had an excellent spirit. But pastor, you just don't understand the boss I work for. Well, I may not, but God does. God puts you there. God wants to use you where you are to be a testimony, to have a godly testimony for the Lord. You see, Daniel had an excellent spirit, and we saw in verse number two that Daniel was first in in the position that the king had placed him. As a matter of fact, he was considered the prime minister of the first great world empire. Daniel's attitude determined his altitude. He had an excellent spirit. And because of that, he was preferred, the Bible says. And apparently, because of the preference of the king for Daniel, there was a considerable amount of jealousy towards Daniel. They were against him. They began to conspire against him. And the enemies, they couldn't find any fault in Daniel's testimony The word that I think of there is he was impeccable. There wasn't one thing that they could find. The enemies began to arrange and they went to the king and they smoothed up to the king in order for the king to make this decree that for 30 days, if anybody prayed to anybody but the the king, that they would be cast into the, the den of the lion's den. We find that the king signs this decree into the law. But when he did, the Bible records that Daniel was then faced with a choice. Would Daniel give in? Would Daniel cower to the the pressure of the day? Daniel, maybe in his mind, and maybe some of us have done that, maybe Daniel began to rationalize, and maybe he thought to himself, hey, look, maybe here's what I can do is I can just put my prayer life on hold for a month. That's all he had to do. One month. He could have thought about that. He could have, as I mentioned, he could have shut his windows. They would have never known he was praying. But Daniel decided to do what he had always done. The Bible says, as he did aforetime. 
So he left the windows open. He didn't pray once a day. He didn't pray twice a day. He prayed three times a day. Maybe it was morning, maybe it was afternoon, and maybe it was night. But Daniel continued to have what every one of us need to have, a godly testimony. And can I tell you this morning, you know what it was? It was a choice. Choose. See, first of all, I see Daniel, the testimony of Daniel. The testimony of Daniel. Look at verse number 10 again. The Bible says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to, into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Notice his testimony was purposeful. Purposeful. What did Daniel do? He deliberately obeyed God. He knew the writing was signed. What this was, was the act of obedience of a courageous man. One of the guys I love to study in the Old Testament is the man by the name of Nehemiah. Boy, you're talking about somebody that had opposition in his day, and the Bible says in Nehemiah 6, 11, and I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Jerry Bridges said, Lord, I am willing to receive what you give, to lack what you withhold, to relinquish what you take, to suffer what you inflict, to be what you require. And Lord, if others are to be your messengers to me, I am willing to hear and heed what they have to say. I wonder how many of us could pray that kind of prayer. Lord, in other words, Thy will be done. I think about what Isaiah said, Wilt thou, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Daniel was a young man who trusted God. He didn't understand all that was happening. Years ago, Alexander Zelensky, he wrote a piece that he described a man by the name of Ivan, and he said, in Ivan endures all the horrors of a Soviet prison camp. One day, Ivan was praying with his eyes closed when a fellow prisoner noticed him praying. And he began to say to Ivan with great ridicule, prayers won't help you get out of here any faster. Ivan opened his eyes, and here's what he said to his fellow prisoner. I do not pray to get out of prison. I am simply praying to do the will of God. That's why he was praying. He deliberately obeyed God. But notice, he also deliberately identified with God because the Bible says he opened his windows toward where? Jerusalem. Now you think about that. Why pray toward Jerusalem? Well, look at this verse in 1 Kings chapter 8, the Bible says, Hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant and thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. 
Daniel knew what direction to pray, to whom to pray to. Listen, folks, there's going to be times in our lives we may not find ourselves captive in a strange land. We may not find the opposition that Daniel found in his life, and there might not be anyone that we can turn to, but I can tell you there's always one that we can go to. The Bible tells us we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Daniel prayed. He deliberately obeyed God, and he identified with God as he opened his windows and prayed. And Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him also will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. Hey, you know what Daniel was doing? Daniel was just acknowledging who God was in his life. And he deliberately prayed. And when I think about someone like Greg and Janet and others, many others who have realized that they have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and they come and they present themselves for scriptural baptism, what are they doing? They are identifying themselves with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're identifying with the very teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we need to be a people that are identified with God. After all, what does the Bible call us Christians? What is a Christian? To be a little Christ, to be a follower of Christ. You see, Daniel's testimony was purposeful. Secondly, it was prayerful. His testimony was prayerful. The Bible says he opened his windows and he prayed. Somebody said, prayer will make a man cease from sin or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer, to cease from prayer. Well, when I think about Daniel, and I see a good pattern here for all of us, I see some things about Daniel's prayer life. Notice I see that Daniel prayed at a specific time. Psalm 55, as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me evening and morning, and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Daniel prayed at a specific time. He prayed in a specific place. They knew where to find Daniel. They knew exactly where he would be praying. And it reminds me of what the Bible says in Acts 16 on the Sabbath. The Bible says, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. You see, Daniel prayed at a specific time and he prayed in a specific place, but he prayed in a specific posture as Daniel went to that place and he got alone with God. For some of you, it might be a prayer closet. Some of you, maybe in your morning time, maybe when your long drive, your commute to work, it might be on a bus. It might be behind the wheel of your car. Just don't close your eyes. But spending that time with the Lord in prayer. The Bible tells us that Daniel knelt by faith toward Jerusalem. He knew about the decree. He knew about the king. He knew about the conspirators. But yet he knelt by faith towards the sanctuary of God and we look by faith like Daniel did in, we look towards the Lord Jesus Christ and he knelt there in humility and the psalmist said, oh come, let us worship 
and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. We need to be like a Daniel. We need to be people that will come before our God in posture before Him. And Daniel prayed at a specific time, and he had a place that he would pray, and he had a certain posture that he prayed in. But notice, I love Daniel prayed with a specific attitude. When Daniel prayed, he gave thanks to God. Can I remind you again, Daniel was a captive. Daniel knew about the decree and he knew about all the people that were jealous and hated him. But in spite of that, he found a way to give thanks to God. And the Bible tells us, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Daniel's testimony, it was purposeful. It was prayerful, but look at this, it was persistent. Daniel's prayer life, he prayed as he did aforetime. Jacob Ruiz said, I look at a stone cutter hammering away at a rock. He says a hundred times he hit that rock without so much as a crack showing in that rock. But then at the 101st blow, it split into two. And Jacob Ruiz said this. He said, I know it was not the one blow that did it. He said it was all that had gone before. Persistence. Daniel prayed persistently. He prayed three times a day to his God Folks, I'm going to tell you, the only part of the Bible that we truly believe is the part of it that we obey. What part of the Word of God do you obey? I hope it's all of it. Daniel obeyed God. There was an elderly lady that once asked a young man who had kind of grown weary in the fight whether he ought to give up the struggle. The young man said to her, I am beaten every time. I feel I must give up. And the elderly lady said to him, did you ever notice, she had a smile on her face as she looked in his troubling eyes, she said, did you ever notice that when the Lord told the discouraged fishermen to cast their nets again, she said it was in the exact same spot that they had been fishing and had caught nothing. Folks, by persistence, the snail reached the ark. Sometimes your prayer requests to you feel like they're falling on deaf ears. God, why am I going through this? Why are you not coming through? Why are you not handling this, God? Can I tell you, just do what Daniel did. Just pray as you've always prayed. Be persistent, be prayerful, pray purposefully. Daniel had a testimony for the Lord. If you live for God and you have a right kind of testimony, notice the next thing we see with Daniel's life is the trial of Daniel. Look back in our chapter in verse number 11. The Bible says in verse 11, 
Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not, then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he, he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the, the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest, what's the next word? Continually. He will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, with the signet of his lord's that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. You see, every Christian, look at me, every Christian that will live for God will go through times of trials. Does not the Bible say, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution? But let's not stop reading there. Look at the rest of it. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Folks, Paul was encouraging a young man, and God's word encourages me. Listen, there are going to be trials. There are going to be people that oppose us. But the admonition is continue in the things that you've learned. Continue in the things that you've been taught. Continue to believe that God is able, is what the Bible is telling us. Notice the trial of Daniel. He was conspired against. These conspirators, they, they come to the king's court in verse 13. They call him that Daniel. You see, when anybody is lifted up by God, there are always going to be those that are going to attempt to destroy him. Somebody said if there is prominence, there is going to be a payment. The king wanted to change the decree, but just like today, these lawyers crafted this and manipulated this law in their favor. Daniel was conspired against, and then notice he is cast into the lion's den. Adrian Rogers tells about a man one time who bragged that he had cut off the tail of a man-eating lion with his pocket knife. When he was asked why he hadn't cut the lion's head off, the man said, well, somebody had already done that. If you notice, when Daniel went into the lion's den, he had no weapon. He didn't need one. The only thing he needed was his God. 
What's, what's a lion? What's a den of lions compared to our great God? Sure, Daniel was conspired against. Sure, he was cast into the lion's den. But, you know, it's amazing how the king, here's King Darius, and he says, Daniel, thy God, the one you serve continually, I love these words, he will deliver you. Even the king believed it. I mean, folks, listen, that's the kind of testimony Daniel had to this king. And if I have to believe with all my heart, that king thought, man, I don't know what it is about this kid. But I want him to be in charge of everything that I have. Because there is something special about Daniel. You see, when we walk with God, even unbelievers know that God is real. I love Acts 4.13. The Bible says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. His people will notice when you spend time with God. And Daniel was conspired against, and he was cast into that lion's den. And listen, we need to be people like Daniel that are different. And here's why. Because we, too, have been with Jesus. You see, I see Daniel's testimony. And I see the trial that came. And sometimes Christians even say, well, Pastor, look, if being a Christian means I'm going to have to go through those trials, I don't know if I want to be a Christian. Can I tell you, the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. I've seen a lot of unsaved people go through some very, very trying times. But the one thing that we have is the comfort of knowing that when we go through them, God is with us. You know why? Because he's the God of all comfort. You see, I love the last part of this story because we've looked at the testimony of Daniel. We think about the trial of Daniel, but I love the triumph of Daniel. Look what it says in verse number 18. The Bible says, Then the king went to his palace, and he passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning, and he went in haste to the den of lions. When he came to the den, he cried with, notice what kind of voice? A lamentable voice. He cries out unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lion? Notice the question of the king. But I see the answer of Daniel because the Bible says that in verse 21, Daniel says, Oh, king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me for as much as before him. Innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Daniel says, Hey, this is a good night for me. You know, people ask me all the time, Pastor, 
Did you get a good night's sleep? Believe it or not, I haven't found it in the Bible, but one of my spiritual gifts is sleep. <laughs> and I know that some of you can, can, can familiarize yourself with it because some of you do it pretty well in church. But Daniel said, you know, it's kind of like, I think Daniel's night was kind of like going on one of our men's retreats because some of those lions were probably like some of our men with their ferocious snoring, you know, and Daniel's probably thinking, if I could have just got the lions to quit snoring so loud, I'd have probably got a really good night's sleep. But Daniel says, listen, he says, God has delivered me. Let me say that again. Daniel says, King, he says, it wasn't my bed, but I'll tell you what, it was a good night. You know why? Because it's a new day. The mercies of the Lord are new each day, are they not? I love somebody said, the man who fears only God need fear no one else. Needs fear no one else. God had delivered Daniel and I read in the Bible where God delivered Paul, and the Bible says that he records Alexander the coppersmith. He did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding, listen now, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear, listen to what Paul's testimony is, that I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Sounds like God did for Paul what he did for Daniel. The Bible says, The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Look, God delivered Daniel and God delivered Paul. Can I tell you God can deliver you? Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're going through. You see, even if Daniel's life had been taken, Daniel would have still been the victory. He still would have had the triumph. See, I see the question of the king and I, I see the answer of Daniel, but look at this. I see the power of God, how that Daniel said, my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth. Hmm, that's kind of an interesting thing. A lion on a diet. How about a whole den of lions on a diet? I mean, I, I don't know, but from the sound of it, I don't think Daniel was a scrawny little boy. I think that God had nourished him and, and, and he, was, he was well nourished. And, and I think Daniel was, you know, look, to any decent lion, he would have probably looked at Daniel like, hmm, T-bone. This is going to be a good meal tonight. But all of a sudden, these lions have no appetite. How is that possible? Because of the power of God. You see, God is able to deliver us. God's able to deliver us from trials, and God's able to deliver us from sin. The Bible says, grace be unto you, and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. You say, Pastor, this is Daniel. 
How does this relate to me? I mean, it's a great story. Can I look here? Can I tell you? It's not a story, it was a reality. I believe with all my heart there was a man named Daniel who was thrown into a den of lions and God delivered him. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, all these things, that means everything God's word records, all these things happened unto them. That includes Daniel. Now watch, why did this happen? Why did Daniel go through this? The Bible says... For our examples, that they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. God's given us the testimony of Daniel, and God's given us the trial of Daniel. And God has shown us the triumph of Daniel so that you and I can do the exact same thing Daniel did. We can choose to have a godly testimony. I don't really follow it a whole lot, but I know the story, and I read it again this past week, about a basketball great player from days gone by. His name was A.C. Green. A.C. Green is best known for two things. One is that A.C. Green was known for his Iron Man record the man played in 1,192 consecutive NBA games spanning over 16 seasons. Never missed a game. They call that an Iron Man. You say, that's amazing. That's, that's unbelievable statistic. What's the other thing he's known for? Something that you would never guess. A.C. Green decided when he was young that he was going to remain a virgin until he got married. Now think about what he did for a profession. Think about being on the road. Think about all the, the lust and the luring that many of those players go through. And here's A.C. Green right in the middle of it. But he made this decision and Throughout his career, he was asked many times about it. Here's what he said. These are his words. He said, we all have the power of choice. But once used, our choice then has power over us. He was highly criticized by the media, and you can believe they really criticized this man. Even some of his own players, the fellow players that he knew and loved and played with, some of the other players ridiculed him, made fun of his decision. He was a member of the Los Angeles Laker team that back in 1991, when their all-star point guard, Irvin Magic Johnson, shocked the world and announced that he had contracted HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. Here's what, when they came to A.C. Green and they said, what do you think about that? A.C. Green's comment was this. Most of the team, upon hearing that news about Magic Johnson, went for testing. He said, but I didn't. He didn't have to because he had a godly testimony. I don't know what you've done in your past. 
but you can start today. You can choose to have a godly testimony. And folks, again, you look at the life of Daniel and you look at all the adversity and where he was and what he was against, and he still had an excellent spirit. Let's bow our heads this morning. How's your testimony for the Lord today? Is it a godly testimony? I think it's time for us, Christian men, women, teenagers, it's time for us to choose to have a godly testimony. Doesn't matter what your classmates are going to do at school, before school, after school. Doesn't matter what your family is going to do. Remember what Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How's your testimony? The Bible says that Daniel believed God. If you're here today, maybe you don't even know the Lord is your Savior. That's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. It's to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe today what you need to do is choose to leave your old life and come to Jesus. Come and accept the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. I wonder this morning, with our heads bowed and eyes closed, by an upraised hand, can you give a testimony, Pastor, I am saved. I know Christ is my Savior. Can you slip your hand up as a testimony? That's my testimony. I know the Lord is my Savior. I'm trusting in Christ and Christ alone. You can put your hands down. If you could not raise your hand right at that moment, then today the decision you need to make is to choose life. And Jesus came to give you life and to give you life more abundant. So if you need to trust the Lord as your Savior in just a moment, we're going to give an invitation. We'll have some folks down front that as you come, you step out, you come to the Lord. And they'll take a Bible and show you how you can have a home in heaven. Choose the Lord. I wonder how many of you this morning that are saved can say, Pastor, I can relate with Daniel. There were some areas that you were talking about and I saw in the Bible today I've been up against some things, and to be honest with you, there's been some times in my life where I've kind of given in, but I've been encouraged today. God's Word has helped me. The testimony of Daniel has helped me today. How many of you could slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I've been helped today by the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this invitation. Thank you for the triumph that we have. But the triumph doesn't come until after the trial. But before the trials, there must be a testimony. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall 
suffer persecution, but continue thou. Lord, bless this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you